So, usually I commence this podcast, I start the amazing audio that shall proceed for 45 minutes on to an hour with a quote of a musical melody, whether it be of the Brian Stokes Mitchell, whether it be of the Daniel Caesar, whether it be of whoever that rotund black woman who sung in the 1970s, I think it was, I just want to satisfy your, my sweet, favorite, I think it was Gladys Knight, shout out to Gladys Knight, I actually went to Gladys Knight Chicken and Waffles for my 18th birthday, but uh. I've been thinking a lot lately about like my love for culture and diversity, etc., etc. And I decided for the next few days to commence my podcast with a shout out to a very random abstract culture every episode that you probably didn't hear about simply because you haven't seen David Ghetto or Tyler or Taylor Swift make a music video about about it. So with that being said, we shall start with shouting out shout out Aruba, Corazon, and Bonaire, the ABC Islands. Now those of you guys who are well educated on geography and international politics know for a fact that that is not a country. It is actually a um, overseas. What is it called? Overseas territory of the Netherlands. They speak Dutch. They also speak a combination of Dutch and Spanish called Papiamento. But I just decided to shout them out just because I've always wanted to go there. I've been dreaming about saving up money at these car washes and cutting lawn cuttings that I've been doing since the age of 15. And... Going there, going to Curaçao and having sex with random tan-skinned women. But, you know, the podcast ain't that popping yet, so we'll see. But, you know, shout out to Rupert Curaçao Bonaire. Very beautiful culture if you take the time to learn about it. They actually have a really dope music out there. Sim- it's kind of similar to... Uh, it's kind of similar to, like, this kind of subset of reggae music. They ha- Subset of um, reggaeton kind of sound that they have in Trinidad. It's kind of similar to that. But it's dope. They have a carnival. They have carnival out there. Like, how they have in all the Caribbean nations. It's actually a dope. So shout out to Ruba, Bonaire, Curaçao. You know, maybe one day, maybe one day the young boy will go there and I will celebrate my life, my next birthday there. It might be fun. Now, with that being said, shout out to you for click and play on the podcast. Shout out to you for not having any other options for recreational pastime. What's going on with you? We on the podcast live. We kicking it. We are in the library. That's why you hear such an echo effect in the podcast. I'm recording this actually in a, in a study room. So it's kind of like a weird echo effect. As I'm talking to you right now, there's random white white people with glasses on walking past me saying, what is that guy doing? Why is he talking in the microphone? What What is he doing? Is he crazy? Is he talking to himself? You know, you know the weird thing is I actually have tried to do a phone call with this microphone and try to talk in the microphone to whoever would be on the other side of the phone. It never works. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know what's up with that, but it never works. Shout out to Jim Jones, by the way. I remember when Jim Jones had brought back the big banana phones and he got one. Like, this is weird. Like, it's one of those phones you could play it up to yourself or whatever. Like, this podcast is very rare that I do an episode where I kind of revolve the podcast around one certain subject. But. I guess leading up into I guess this is this would be this this kind of coincides with what I want to talk about today. I guess is representation, I guess, and identity and racial pride and et cetera, et cetera, and all those things that have to do with your pride of yourself, identity, with culture, identify which which holidays you can ain't can't celebrate past October. You <laughs> tell your friends like, hey, bro, I can, no, I can slide, I can slide your Thanksgiving party, but me and my mom, my mom's and they don't really mess with that Hanukkah stuff like that, bro. They tell me it's, it's demonics, bro. It's demonics we can't mess with that feel me <laughs> shout out before i get hop in this shout out to jacob from mr grind coffee house i mean he asked me on sunday true story he asked me like hey bro you know uh, tell me if this is true or not don't get mad but is it true that black black people are really scared of like ghosts and demons and stuff like that then my asshole let me tell you something jacob 
there are a lot of stereotypes that exist, not of just the Negro people, but of other people that are just pure, unfactional, just BS. That is not one of them. Any black person who's listening to this podcast right now knows what I'm talking about. When you used to try to watch Exorcist or try to watch a movie on pay-per-view, a scary movie on pay-per-view in your household, and what did your mom or your grandma always tell you? Hey, don't be watching stuff like that. You might let something in. I never... Took me to the theater to see Set It Off as a child. Let me watch the Brothers. What? What? Let me watch the Players Club as a child. Didn't even cover my eyes in the strip scenes. But I can't watch. I can't watch The Exorcist or Bri- or Seed of Chucky. It's, it's whatever. But uh, I wanted to have a conversation about about our guess like lineage. And hear me out where I'm going with this because this is kind of this is kind of a um, this is a root and a branch away for a lot of topics we're going to talk about today. So. For those of you guys who were who were not virgins past the age of fifteen, who actually were who actually were getting laid, you guys probably don't have that much awareness about Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. So let me just kind of sum it up. In the story, there is a lineage of men called the Numenorians. They're these men who who were sons of the, of the three clan of the one of the they were sons of the royal clans of men who got to live on this distant isle and. Through a long period of events, they got too big off they self. They started smelling their own nuts and penises. And the gods of the world decided to destroy them because they were trying to make war against the gods, against the divinities. And later on down the line, the few descendants of their clan prided themselves in having that bloodline in their veins and saying, we're descendants of the men of the West. We're descendants of Numenor. And I was thinking about that because I like to write. I like to write. And I was writing this story where I was trying to take that same... That same outline of characters, but use blackface, black faces, you know, not blackface paint, but he's actually, you know what I meant. And it was interesting because where I went from, I started thinking like in society that I was wondering how in generally speaking in Tolkien, that's the guy who wrote the book, Lord of the Rings, pride of lineage, significant lineage, descent of royalty. That's a big thing. And I've noticed, like, when I go on Instagram or when I go on, uh, particularly when I go on Instagram, I've seen this ad a lot. Like, if I swipe past somebody's profile, I see an ad pop up that says, you might, dis- you might, you guys might have seen this ad before. I know I ain't the only one who's seeing it. You might be descended from royalty. Swipe up the, by checking your last, check your last thing. Swipe up to see the whole thing. And that's, and I was wondering, like, why, why do we even care? I was wondering, like, why do we even care? That we're descended from royalty, even if so. Like I know some people. I've I've met y- y'all. know this is nothing new. You guys that need know. You guys know at least one or three people who tell you guys some weird story about we're descended. Where where my my great great grandfather was a second cousin, uncle, related brother from the sister sons to King Jeffrey of Aragon, Southern Italy and Scotland. You're like. Bro, I give no f's about this, bro. Just we're in the we're in the line of in and out. We already ten cars behind. I, let's just get to the front and get back to the office before we get fired. Like you don't want to hear this. But then I started thinking about how 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 in general how all our cultures view pride of lineage, pride of descent. Like in black culture, it's really common to say, "Oh, I'm half Irish," or "I'm I'm part." You see, it's, it's funny. It's it's, it's com- very common to see black people, particularly black women, who be like, "Oh yeah, I'm three quarters Scottish, or I'm one quarter Irish, or I'm this." And I used to do that same thing too. I used to do that same thing too. In fact, me and this lady, I'm gonna get to my story later on. But like, you, it's common. It's common to see people who say that. Oh, I'm half Irish, and you'd be like, "Bro, you're, bro, it's, 
you're a Negro. You're a Negro. You're I don't. What are you talking about? Who even cares? Who even cares? I don't care that you're one fourth Irish. I don't care. And it's been making me wonder. And I want to ask you guys this too. What do you think? What do you think is? What do you think is in humans that makes us innately fascinated with our lineage, with our descent? Like even I was thinking about when I used to read about the history of the Egyptian pharaohs, how the whole the whole basis of why the royal family was on top was because they were supposed to be demigods. They were supposed to be sons of I want to say it was um Ra. They were supposed to be descended from the sons of Ra or Horus who who bred with the who bred with the Egyptian females just because just because just because African females is bad, like remember African females got that good new. No, I'm telling you, you see the, the, the Egyptian guys was on it way before Lupita and the Yongo popped up in Black Panther. Showing off them thighs, that they, they, they they selling off them thighs, that money came by. But anyway, uh, what do you think? It, what do you think? It, what do you think it is to create that pride, that fascination with lineage? And I think what kind of put me on the on the on the thought process is it wasn't even just reading about the book that I referenced earlier. It was a total sign of my nerd nerdiness. It was because like what happened was I was working at this hotel on Saturday, and me and this woman got to talk. It was my first day there. And me and her started talking, and we're talking about lineage. I tried to guess what she was. I guess her, the woman who was working beside her at the front desk, I guessed her correctly. She was Filipino. The one next to her, I said Chinese. She actually was um Vietnamese, because her and she, and she and I was like, and she was like, and my name is Shan, and it's such an easy guess because my name is Shan. What makes you think I'm I'm, I'm I, that was been such an easy guess? Okay, so I said I was really just playing because. I was really just playing because I thought when I said this, I thought she was going to say obviously black. So I said, okay, well, if that's being said, since you're such a smarty, guess what I am? And so she said, Creole. And I was like, what's up? Why did you say Creole? And she's like, because, you know, she said, you know, you have the, the cheekbones and the jawline. Yeah, they have that strong facial structure thing. And I was like, I was like, no, I'm not. But then I told her the truth. I was like, honestly, actually. On my dad's side, they're Creole. And then she said, no, I told you, I told you, I told you. No, 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 let me finish. Let me, let me conclude my message. <laughs> I said, they're Creole, but I don't claim it because I don't feel I'm part of that culture. I feel like I'm more, I feel like I'm more regular African-American than just like Creole. Like my great grandmother, she spoke French. She lived in the bayous and she lived in that area and they, they own my family out there. They own the restaurant. They still own land out there. Shout out to the Mott family in Louisiana. I love you guys. Shout out to the Robinson family. Much love and peace to all of you guys. But I'm not that familiar with that side of the family like that. So it feel I, I feel dishonest. I feel dishonest to claim. I felt dishonest to claim her. I felt dishonest. I felt dishonest to claim a sector of my family or a piece of my heritage that I really don't know. And but then I started thinking, there's a lot of people out there. Who really do throw that line out there, like, oh, I'm Creole, I'm Irish. So what's the preoccupation? Like, what do you think makes us preoccupied with our descent? I think, and when I thought about it in depth, I want you guys to respond to me while I'm talking to you about this. Like, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on SoundCloud, on the SoundCloud comments, SoundCloud comments, or let me know on this, uh, on uh, Spotify. My theory about what makes people so preoccupied or so concerned about their lineage, I think it's a few things. I think the first thing is, I think, it depends on the context. It depends on what culture we're talking about. If you're black, reality is there is a, there is a lot of insecurity amongst black people with being just black. So I think a lot of us, like when you see a really dark skinned black, I'm talking about Birdie Mac black, precious purple, stole that line from Mary Spears. It was a funny line. Let me use another one. Let me use another one. That's a bad one. Scrunch, scrunch sable. <laughs> scrunch sable skin. When you see a scrunch sable skin black person, they talking about they're part Irish. Or I think they're saying, I think they're, 
I think they're saying that in essence because they want they want to kind of feel they want to feel special. I think they want to feel special. And I think identifying with something that's outside the race makes them feel special. Makes them feel like even if I'm not beautiful, which they might not be, even if I'm not beautiful, I'm a beautiful. I can be beautiful because of this. Or even when you see light skinned girls who like in their posts on their Instagram, they'll put every single ethnicity that they have and do black lass, like German, one fourth Scottish. My great grandmother has sex with a German shepherd, so that might be part of me too. Negro. Like you feel me? And so a lot of it can be shame of the race. But then that goes both ways because then you'll see some people who are Irish who are full blooded ninety nine percent Irish and historically speaking, um Irish people have had it pretty rough when it comes to mass opinions of Irish people. I mean, they in the sky. You know, I was telling them, let me, let me, let me stay on track. And they'll, you'll see them and they'll be so proud to be Scottish. No, say it with pride. I'm Scottish. I'm going to, I don't want my grandma. I'm my grandma. I have this, I have a picture of this man who's my grandma's great, uh, who's my grandma's great grandfather. You know, he's my grandpa. She's my, he's my grandma's grandfather. And she is, he's a white guy. And she was so proud. She was so proud that she was so proud of that photo just because he was a white guy, just because he was white. Like, see, we had a white granddaddy. See how special that was? And when I was 13 and 12 years old, I fed into that. I fed into that. Like, oh, yeah. So this part of us is white. We have white lineage. That's cool. We're, we're, we, we have that. That's cool. We're, we're special. But then why can't we just be special being black? And truthfully, when you think about it, the accomplishments in black culture, we praise being mixed and we praise being anything else other than black for a lot of time. I'm not saying all of us do this, not all of us do this, but it is an appraisal. And that can go both ways because I've met girls, because I've met girls, I've met girls, I've met women from all the all the races that have said they don't like men of that race. I've met black women who say they don't like black guys. I've I've met Mexican girls who say they hate Mexican guys. I've hate, met white women who say they don't like white guys. So it goes both ways. Self-hate race thing is a different thing. So we, that can be a whole different conversation for a different day. But I guess I want to ask you, what do you think, like, what do you think makes us fascinated with royal descent? Like, royal descent, like aristocrats or aristocracy, aristocracy. Like, what do you think makes us, what do you think makes us fascinated with that? I think, I think honestly, like, I think, I think the thing, I think the things that make, I think the things that make us fascinated with it, I think the thing, I think the thing. I think the things that make us fascinated with it simply are, I think it gives us a sense of importance. You know, it gives us a sense of importance. The reality is, I don't think I'm related to anybody royal. The only person I like, I think sometimes, hold on, let me put this, my phone almost out, okay. I don't know what it is that makes us so preoccupied with being descended of royalty or descended from people who are of importance. And I'm not talking mess about people who are like that because I'm like that, bro. Like, I'm, bro, like, I'm like that. Like, I'm one of those people, like, I'm really in love with the fact that my great-grandfather was a business owner, was an entrepreneur. Shout out to Joseph Mati. He died a year before I was born. RIP to him. But I'm really, I'm really in love with the idea that he was a business owner, that he owned his own land because... He owned land. He was an entrepreneur at a time where he was an entrepreneur at a at a historical interval of time where, generally speaking, we all just look back on and think that black people were just under the struggle and chains and shackles of of Jim Crow laws and getting raped and effed in the butt by by KKK crosses. Like, so I love the fact to think that my great grandfather 
wasn't a victim in that time. He was somebody who actually stood on his own, had his own business, and was like, you know what? I ain't let these white people keep me down. I'm an entrepreneur. I got a business mind. This is what I'm here on this earth to do. Make a nightclub and a street. <laughs> I'm not joking. He actually did do that. He made a street and a nightclub and in a, in a restaurant. Joe and John Southern Cuisine. Shout out, to, shout out to all my family out there in Kenner, New Orleans, and St. Charles Parish. But So... That fills me with pride to know that he would that that fills me with pride to know that he was that he was somebody who was really witty, who was somebody who was really who was really dope. Or even on my mother's side. On my mother's side of the family, on my mother's side of the family, there's not there's people who made it, like who are successful, but as far as somebody who's in direct lineage of me, like my mom like it's aunties and uncles, it's not nobody who's like like my grandfather, mother. But my mother, my grandmother my grandmama, she was a pastor. She was a choir singer. She was a real pastor, Sunday school teacher. And it was interesting. It's interesting because, like, but when I was a kid, I used to be, like, this same thing I'm talking about, fascination with lineage and royal descent and clanage and all that stuff. As a child, I was so fascinated with that type of stuff, bro. Like, I used to sit in the, I used to sit, and I used to sit in the middle of my floor and read my African-American, African-American history encyclopedia book by Susan Altman. And I used to read that, bro, and like imagine what it would be like to be descended from Jean Jacques Dessalines, or be descended from Toussaint Louverture, or be descended from um, Yusuf Tash, Yusuf B. Tashfin, or Joseph Amis. No, heck, I don't want to be descended from that slave boy. Uh, just, just to be descended from these great historical figures. And there was a time in history, bro, where descent from these people, just having their blood and your blood, would make you something great. Would would, would put you at a there was a time where just having those people's bloods in your veins will put you at a certain status in society. I think it's like that even. It's still like that now. It's always been like that, truthfully. You know, but... And so, I, I used to always be into that. And I guess... I guess... I guess I'm guess, i trying to say on the esoteric side of things, why do you... Excuse me. Why do you think we're like that? Why do you think we have this... Um, why do you think we have this fascination with just trying to find out more about ourselves and see if we come from something greater than what we are. I think that's what it is. I think we have a fascination that kind of come. I think we have a fascination to find, find that we come from something greater than what our circumstances say that we're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like it's the same reason why one of the most oldest, one of the most oldest techniques that we've used in, in modern day um, programming, or I guess, yeah, I guess, modern day programming for black youth to make them more pride of being black is educating them on the monster moves as educating them on the history of the Nigerian uh, empires that they had and educating them on the Ghanaian empire, educating them on the Moorish conquest conquest of Spain. We, because knowing that you come from knowing because reality is these empires, these Kings, these rulers are part of lineage of our far, far, far away lineage. And I guess knowing that we come from kingdom, knowing that we come from power, could make us more prideful of who we are. Remember, I think it was like, um, I think it was, it was the same thing how um, like Adolf Hitler, like his whole thing with the Germans. And I don't know if he used a mythological reference. I want to say he said the Germans were descended from the Romans and the Italians. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't want. I don't, I don't. Don't quote me. I don't think that's. I don't think he said that. But he did more or less push the narrative that the Aryan Empire was the greatest race and we're we're descended we're de, we're descendants we're a great race we're the mightiest race and therefore we deserve we deserve all the black we deserve we deserve the wreath all the right fruits that this earth can bear f all the other races and so i think 
I think that's a fascination. I think we all want to be descended from something that we're greater than. I think. Shout out to Andrew Schultz. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring them up in the podcast. I'm gonna bring them up in the podcast in a minute. Um, it was him who said something. He, it was him who said something a long time ago. It was something Andrew Schultz said this? I think it was a year ago, and it was so funny, but it was real. He said, "Back in the day, the only things that would exempt you." From a comp, from a life of commonality, the only thing that would exempt you from a common life, the same stuff, the same benign routine, would be extreme beauty, extreme talent, extreme intelligence, or extreme richness at birth, or extreme or being like in a royal family. Those would be the only four things that would that would make you exempt from a life of commonality, from working in the factory, shoveling coal all day, from working as an engine engine uh, engine diesel engineer. Those would be the things. Those would be the thing. Those would be the only four things that would make you that that would exempt you from basically just being a regular dude. And I think that even though a lot of us are scared to step out of our, even though a lot of us are scared to step out of our boundaries, scared to step out of our avenues to try different things. To pursue certain different things, and a lot of people will say they always say they want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't have their feet be cold in the water. They don't want to. They don't want to do anything about it. I think we all still want to feel special. I think we want to feel special. You know, I think some of the some of the greatest some of the greatest connections that we have with our friends is because they make us feel special. Everybody's had that moment where you met that one friend. Where I guess this is more reserved for people with really strong personalities, but. That one friend or few friends you have that don't make you feel like your ideas are so crazy don't make you feel like your opinion on things are not so racist and imperialistic. Like, I think that's I think that's I think that's I think that's where we um I think that's where we, I think that's where we come to with that. Um, so I think that's one thing. I think it's that too, and I think also, like I said, you know, like you said back in the day, like you being descended from a king, you being descended from a king could uplift you. You being descended from a king. Could really take you out of your scenarios, which is interesting. It's so interesting how fascinated we can be with that kind of stuff, because we live in a day and age where, and I think nowadays we're less fascinated. Well, within the twenty, within 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 the twenty three and Me movement era, post twenty three and Me, we're less fascinated. <sighs> Hold on. Hold on, real quick. Okay, I'm back again. So. Post twenty three and move post twenty three and me movement. I think we're at the day and age now where we're at the day and age now where I think people are more preoccupied with what um are more preoccupied with what they're descended from or how much black, how much Israeli, how much a Arabic or Afghani they are, how much percentage there. Which that whole I'm gonna tell you what that twenty three and me test don't make any sense. I don't know why I'm gonna tell you why it, make, it makes no sense to me. You're not really learning anything like. If I took the test right now and I found that I'm a gauge, I'm probably more or less 80% African and 20% European or 14%, whatever. That 14%, like, it's not like you telling me the percentage, you telling me the percentages does not really tell me anything specific. Now, that one test that Chadwick Boseman told Charlamagne the guy that on on the Breakfast Club, the, the African tribe one that tells you what tribe you come from, that one I'd be interested in taking because I would want to be in, I would be interested in learning what tribe I come from or what what branch or what country I come from. That's more interesting. Like knowing the actual kind. I'd rather know about the people I come from, the particular people rather than the general idea of like that don't tell me you're 90, 70 percent West African and Southeast African. Like that don't really tell me. I'll, 
who who were the people that, who were the people that gave me who gave these nuts? Like who were the nuts? Like who produ- who produced the semen that made me here? Who brought me here? And so I think that's one thing. Cause I don't I think people are less preoccupied with that. I think people are more preoccupied with that. You know. Yeah, but that used to be a thing. That used to be a big thing back in the day, man. Like a lot of the times people would lie and say that they were descended from I think it was a line of kings or a line of warlords who said that they were quote unquote descended from Hercules or Heracles or um or even um even the Roman Empire emperors. They said they were descended from Zeus or somebody like that. So it's interesting to say that. It's interesting to see. I don't know. I, I want you guys to ask me that. Have you guys noticed that? Like the and maybe I'm tripping, maybe this is something I haven't I'm having a brain fart about. Like are you this whole are you descended from royalty thing? Like, is it do you notice it's a big thing? And what do you why do you think humans are fascinated with this? And since we're having this conversation about race and our topic is racial and all that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um I I uh what was I gonna say? Since we're having this conversation about all things racial and topic, et cetera, et cetera. I decided to um, talk about this because they talk about this on the um, Billion Eighty on uh, Flagrant Two podcast. Shout out to Shing, shout out to Andrew Schultz, and they were talking about how to quote them again. Andrew said, "I think it was Andrew or Akash who said, we don't want diversity; we just want jobs." And that's big one of the big complaints that you've got that we've had in Hollywood about how. Blacks ain't getting jobs. Egyptians ain't getting jobs. We want more roles to represent us. And this is a point I want to make about this, about the racial representation. And Khan, because when Akash and Andrew shows about this up, I really thought about this from my own perspective of writing stuff. And this doesn't explain why all blacks and Mexicans and Koreans and Samoans don't get roles in Hollywood. This doesn't explain why all of them can't be in Skyscraper or Jumanji, whatever the heck movie um the rock is doing nowadays i think part of the reason why and this is why i say you need to have more black screenwriters and black directors is if you are a writer if you are directing you're creating art even if you're doing sci-fi and fantasy artists and niche niche kind of stuff nine times out of ten the people are going to more or less look like you the reason why if you go on my wattpad right now or if you go on my twitter right now if you see like the stories that i written wrote and you see mostly I'm just when I'm using physical description, I'm using like beautiful, beautiful Moroccan tan skin or skin, the sable color of the night or long braided dreadlocked hair. That's because my idea is to make people my in my fantasy, in my brain, when I'm creating these fantasy characters, they're people that look like me just because I look like me. So when I was growing up watching the Inuyasha and watching a Yu show and playing Naruto on PS2 or PS3, PS3. I'm using, I'm taking, I'm taking there, I'm taking the ideas and I'm morphing them and putting my skin color, I'm putting my face on it because I see me every day. I think where we get mad at as black people is we want to see more movies of us and this is why we need to have more black screenwriters. And we, and this is a good, we've been, I'll be honest with you, bro, we've been having this argument for about 40 to 60, 70 years. We had the whole black exploitation film era in the 1970s. I think the only difference between then and now is I feel like now, now the films that we do have in theaters, they're actual black faces. I'm, I'm, I've been reading lately how people say Black Panther is the greatest black film of all time, bro. The greatest black film of all time is set it all featuring Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Vivica Vivica Fox, and the other lady who I can't remember. I think Cicely type after Cicely some Cicely. She cries a lot. I don't know. If she cries a lot, and I feel like she's in every Tyler Perry movie, even though I've only seen her in one. But like, like I. 
we're getting our shine. I think if you want to see more racial representation in Hollywood and the arts, you have to have more black people who are writing these stories that have black faces. Like you have to have more black screenplay writers. You have to have more black directors because their artistic vision is going to be black. That's why when you have white directors, and this is something else that they brought up, when you have when you have a white director and they take a black character and they make him the funny black guy or the funny Asian. Generally speaking, their artistic vision is usually going to be with people that look like them or something similar, even if it's in the even if it's in the fantasy world. So that's why they're going to kind of add a black person as more or less a throw in character, a toss in the bag kind of character. It's kind of like the funny guy, the funny trope, because he he wasn't thinking about him initially. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I don't like about the art. Like, I don't like the idea when you have the art, you have this great script or this idea, this great script that you wrote and you try to make it diverse. You try to make the script diverse and fitting liberal and um, and forward thinking, not because artistically you want that, not artistically because you want a dude who looks like Mike Coulter from Luke Cage playing the big black guy, but because you want to be friendly, you want to be liberal, you don't want to piss people off. And that's not, that's when there's not my thing when it comes to art, when it comes to creation, I just want the work to have an authentic voice. I want it to speak. I want it to speak authentically. And I want I want it to speak authentically. That's my thing. I want I want the I want the art to be a manifestation of respectful. I want it to speak authentically from a come from an authentic place. I don't like these movies. I don't I don't want to see a movie where you're just throwing in these race characters because you feel like it would be cute. Unless you really unless I wanted to be like you put them in there because while you were in your like all artists do, like all writers do, while you were sitting at the desk in your house and we're coming up with this novel, coming up with this tale, writing and writing, even though your bills were past due, even though you were rent was way past due, got that three day notice on your on your front doorstep, you know it was bad. Something in your brain was like, you know what, I want an Asian character, I want a black character, I want a Samoan character, I want this character. Like, I want I want to see that I want to I, that's what I want to see I don't want to I don't want to see that you put them in there just because you want to get Oprah get a retweet from Oprah like that ain't that don't, I don't think I think that's when the I think that's when the art starts to lose its authentic voice and that's just my personal opinion on that now we can also have a com we can also have a conversation about how we can also have a conversation about how maybe sometimes I don't know. I said that. I said that. And I, you ever say so? You ever you ever say a sentence so well, and then like you have nothing to say after that? Like now, presently, while we are speaking on this topic, we shall also have a discussion about. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I didn't know where I was going with that, but um, I do think we live in a day and age where you have avenues, you have platforms for all races, for all skin tones. You know, Nigeria. I forgot. I want to say Nigeria's form of of Holly of of Bollywood or Hollywood is um I want to say it's Bollywood or Ghana it's something something Nollywood I think it's Nollywood Nollywood and they have their own genre of films and TV shows all of us all of us whether you're Nigerian Haitian Nigerian Haitian or Ruben Comorosan Seychelles Malagasy shout out to everybody out there in Madagascar that's I'm gonna shout out Madagascar tomorrow whether whatever ethnic group you are we all come from we all come we all come from clans where we all come we all come from we all come from clans where generally speaking we have a thriving TV and film industry in all these countries in Brazil not everything is all just whitewashed i think because we live in america we want a lot of times we can understand something i always say america i think is what like 70 plus percent white or something something like that they're only going to get so much right they're only going to get so much right i do like that you see more black faces on tv i do like that i do like that 
that they're only going to get it so right. And that's like I said, I want to see more creativity. And that's why. But then we can have a conversation. That's what I was going to say. But then we can have a conversation about how sometimes where you have reputation, rep, representation in a film and a TV show will be a race and the film or the TV show won't be of the best quality. It won't be the best quality. And you'll still watch it and support it because like there's a movie that came out last year at the at the tail beginning of at the nose beginning of last year it was um slight. It's called Slight. 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 And it's with this boy, this black kid who does magic. Like he does magic, he does card tricks. And I watched the film. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I didn't think it was the best film in the world. But I more or less championed it. It's the same thing with Get Out. I watched the first 17 and a half minutes of Get Out and I got bored and just was like, this I ain't rocking with this. It's turned off turned off my, my bootleg movie streaming site. And <laughs> and I got bored when I wasn't rocking with it just because it wasn't feeling it. But at the same time, I championed it because that only was a film with the black lead, but also was a film. I feel like most black films that you have, at least, um, this is a very... This, Random fact. I think 95% of most films that you see with a black cast or a black leading role is either a family movie or a crime film because I feel like that's the only films that big studios are fun. That was one reason why I supported Slider Panther, why I supported Black Panther. And even even though I refuse to watch Wrinkling, I'm going to tell you what I'm I'm going to watch Wrinkling Time tonight because I've been talking so much mess about that film. <laughs> that might actually be a good film. I'm going I'm to I'm watch that film tonight. I'm going to see what it's like because I didn't talk so much mess about that film. That might actually be a really good film. That might actually be a really good film. I'm just being a hater. So we 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 going we going we going to test the waters tonight. We going to test the waters tonight. But I um I've been what was I going to say? Had it in my head. Had it in my head. What was I going to say? I think when you I think when you have I think when you have I think when you have films like I think when you have films like that um what was I going to say? What was I going to say? I think when you have, I think when you have films, I think when you have, I think when you have films like that, I think when you have, I think when you, I think when you have, I think when you have film, I think when you have films like that, for the benefit of the, for the benefit of the movement, you have to allow those films to cook. You have to allow those films to exist. The films that are not so good, even with Black Panther, I've been saying for the longest time before anybody else said it. You can look on my YouTube channel. You can look on my on my podcast. I put it up. I went to see Black Panther the Friday. Or th- I think it was the Friday it came out this year, and I got I went to Mocha Lume's coffee shop in in Lodi, and I recorded on the podcast. I said the main issue I have, the issue that I have with this movie, is the fact that the fighting scenes to me are very subpar. That was my critique about the film before before it became popular to say, okay, I didn't like this about the film, etc., etc. Now the landscape, the illustration of the land, I love the effects. I thought that was beautiful. The world of Wakanda, I love because I love the I love the world of Wakanda because it's showing kids who are eight, who are nine years old, that are going to be the future screenplay writers, they're going to be the future novelists, they're going to be the future voiceovers, they're going to be the future creators in general. That you can have a fantastic fantasy or sci-fi world, you can have a fantasy or a sci-fi world that that has black faces, that has black skin, and that's something that was that's something that we haven't that's something that we haven't seen because, like I said. For most of the film industry, most black films that you have seen, generally speaking, are with four or five dudes. They grew up in the projects. Projects, they look on the project. Big mama die. Now they gotta sell dope. They only twelve. One loses virginity. He nine. 
and they get now they all go to jail. They either three or three and a half get killed. The other the other the other one half uh uh ends up locked. Yeah, I'm tired of those films. Even or even the family movies, the big mamas, the big mamas, the Tyler Perry films. You know, um. So I don't know. So I I love seeing a different boss. The same thing with Get Out. Even though I talk mess about Get Out, I still love the fact that you have black directors, black screenwriters who are finally, finally, finally just thinking out of the box, thinking out of the box, thinking that we can do more than just we can do more than just sell dope, love, make a peach cobbler. And reunite the family because we just found out that the sister had sex with the other sister's husband, and the other and the sister's son is not. Is, is this? Is, I don't know. It's just I don't know. So interesting. Uh, I think that concludes what I, I think that concludes my most of my opinions today. That was me for the podcast today. Shout out to everybody who listened to me. Shout out to everybody who's a part of the family. Shout out to everybody who tuned in. I want you guys to let me know what do you think. I want you guys to let me know what you thought about my opinions. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. Thank you for subscribing on Spotify. The Spotify family is slowly but surely growing as becoming a squad. And once again, as I always say, for those of you guys who see the Cash App link on my tweet or in, this, in the bio description of this podcast, I'm not putting it there because I'm greedy. We really are on low funds right now. And the podcast studio is just it's fan funded, fan funded at this point. So all the nations that you guys have been sending, that you guys will send, I thank you. I really appreciate them from my own heart. Every time I pay my smut a PG&E bill, I thank God for you guys. So much love, peace, and chicken grease. This is the People's Paradise Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the family.